you're listening to Focus on the Bible. Maybe you're listening to me today and you're just not sure what to do with Jesus. Where do you put him? How do you categorize him? You may have other people that you know who hold Jesus in the highest esteem. Some consider him God. You know people who have believed in him as their only way to heaven, but you are just not sure. Let's talk about this. I want to give you five reasons to consider that Jesus Christ should be more than a little important to you. That Jesus Christ, in fact, should be considered to be God and your only way to heaven and the only way to live this life while you have life on planet earth. Those five reasons begin like this. Number one, Jesus is the central character. He's the star of the all-time, worldwide, best-seller book, the Bible. Now, the Bible is not only the all-time, worldwide, best-selling book, but no other book is even close. No other book that's ever been written and published even has one billion copies. They all fall short of that, but not the Bible. The Bible not only has one billion copies, it actually has six billion copies in the world. So when I tell you it's the all-time bestseller book worldwide, I'm not kidding. And that book has one central figure. The whole book revolves around him from the beginning all the way to the end, Jesus Christ. So since the Bible has been judged to be such a great book, I'm sure you won't mind at all if I use the Bible to make some points about its central figure. Number two, in that Bible, it says very clearly in the Old Testament and the New that the whole universe has a creator. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, the first book in the Bible, it says this, In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The word God is a very interesting word in that first verse of the Bible, and I want to explain it just in a moment. In the English, we have a singular word and we have a plural word, easily distinguished. A singular word means there's one. Plural is anything more than one. But in the Hebrew language that the Old Testament was written in, there are three. There is singular, that means one. And then there's something called a dual. A dual means there are two, exactly two. And then they have the plural in Hebrew that requires three or more. The word God in Genesis 1-1 is written in the Hebrew plural. That means there are three. We call those three members of the Trinity the Godhead, Jesus Christ being the second figure. So when we turn to the New Testament in John chapter 1... We find Jesus Christ clearly pointed out as the creator of the universe. Verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. And so God created the universe, of course, 
but Jesus is God. And the Bible says that not only did he make all things, but the Bible says that if it was made, it was made by him. In verse 17, Jesus Christ is actually named. The Bible says, John 1:17, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I point that out because in verse 1, he's called the Word, capital W-O-R-D. He's the Word. And in verse 17, if you trace the word Word, he's identified as Jesus Christ. The Word means a thought or a communication, and Jesus is the member of the Trinity of God that came to earth to give us the thoughts of God or the communication that God wanted us to have. And we value that as important. That's more than important. Jesus Christ stands between us and the eternal realm. And he came out of eternity into human time to be God's communicator for us, the creator of the universe. Number three, Jesus said in the Bible that he could forgive sins. In Matthew 9 and verse 2, the Bible says, Behold, they brought to him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, thy sins be forgiven thee. Now Jesus healed many people in the Bible, but I want to point out that one and one other one. In Luke chapter 7, verse 48, there's a woman, a very sinful woman. She's pointed out in the crowd as one who has a lot of sins. And Jesus says of that woman in Luke 7, 48, Thy sins are forgiven. Only God can forgive sins. Since all sin is against God, then He's the only one who can let that sin go. He's the only one that can remit sin. And so Jesus Christ never backed down from claiming to be the forgiver of sins. Therefore, that makes Him God. Are we beginning to be clear about the fact that He belongs in a category all to himself. He is very God who took on flesh and came into our world to be God's communicator to us. The fact that Jesus could forgive sins makes him God. Number four, the Bible says Jesus rose from the dead. Now, I don't have to qualify this very much, do I? You know this really is important. Do you know anyone else who's ever risen from the dead? When I studied history at the University of Georgia, I learned during that period that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the absolute most documented event in all of human history. Not only did Jesus rise from the dead according to what the Bible says, but there were witnesses immediately on the daylight period of the day he rose from the dead, women found that his tomb was empty. There were other witnesses too. Soon, John and Peter made their fast dash over to that tomb, and they declared also the tomb was empty. Then there were two people named in Luke 24. One's name is Cleopas. We don't get the other's name. But they walked along to the road 
towards Emmaus and Jesus appeared to them. After that appearance and their talk with him as they broke bread and knew that they had eaten with Jesus Christ risen from the dead, they ran all the way back to Jerusalem to tell the others. Meanwhile, back in Jerusalem, Jesus had appeared before the disciples. You remember Thomas had said he would need to see it with his own eyes before he could believe it all. And there Jesus appeared to Thomas and allowed him to handle his body and see that it really was Jesus Christ. Paul the Apostle was an apostle, he said, born out of time. But he too saw Jesus Christ in a resurrected form. He also told us, Paul the Apostle, in the book of 1 Corinthians, that over 500 other witnesses had seen Jesus alive and well after he rose from the dead. This proves the historicity of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. No wonder it's the most documented event in human history. And it's the resurrection that calls to us from 2,000 years ago and says this is not a mere man. This man, Jesus, is very God who is Lord even over death. When Jesus left that tomb, the empty tomb was found by women. In that time, in that day, in that historical period, the testimony of a woman would not have even been received in a court of law. Despite the fact that the first witnesses of a resurrected Jesus were women, those who would have been opposed to the resurrection could not stop the stories. They couldn't stop all the talk. They could never point to just women who had seen an empty tomb and had given a story about seeing Jesus too. They couldn't stop it. It was a snowball that got bigger and bigger and bigger. And not only that, but when the disciples began to preach, they preached there in Jerusalem a stone's throw away from where Jesus had left that empty tomb, they began to establish his resurrection truth and they preached the gospel from Jerusalem first. It's not like someone popped up in some foreign country or on some deserted island and told some news that happened on the other side of the world. No, the preaching of the gospel of Christ began near the resurrection of Christ. Number five, Jesus not only rose from the dead, but here's the one who predicted his own resurrection. In John chapter 2, the Bible is very clear about these words. John 2, I'll read to you verse number 18 as we begin. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then said the Jews, Forty and six years was this temple in building, and wilt thou rear it up in three days? But he spake of the temple of his body. When therefore he was risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this unto them, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. So even though the Jews misunderstood him in the beginning in John chapter 2, when he said, if you tear the temple down, I'll build it back in three days, 
he was referring to his body and his disciples knew it and remembered that and believed the resurrection of Jesus in due time when they heard it with their own ears. In Matthew and chapter 12, Jesus did it again. He often did it when he got to that period in his life and ministry. He often spoke of his death, but he also spoke of his resurrection. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 39, Jesus said, But he answered and said unto them, An evil and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given to it but the sign of the prophet Jonas. For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And so Jesus called his own resurrection. This is Katie Bard, the door, friend. When you are a man who can predict your own resurrection and tell the people repeatedly that you will rise from the dead, and when you can call how many days and nights it will take you before you live again, and when over 500 witnesses are produced at your after-resurrection life, you have barred the door fairly in the court of evidence. This is a slam dunk. Jesus Christ cannot simply be kind of important to us. He is very God. And if he is God, he is the God who told the truth about himself. Why does it matter to you and me? Here's why. Because Jesus Christ said that he would die on the cross for our sins. He said that he had come to seek and save that which was lost. That would be all of us. And when Jesus Christ died on that cross, he was paying for your sin and mine, and he rose from the dead, showing that payment he made for us was received in heaven. You could have everlasting life by believing in him. Won't you do so right now? This episode is a production of Focus Evangelistic Ministries Incorporated. You can write to us at Focus Ministries, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, freddycoyle.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E-C-O-I-L-E.org. We'll see you again for next week's episode of Focus on the Bible. Focus on the Bible.